الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن يمسسكم قرح فقد مس القوم قرح مثله وتلك الأيام نداولها بين الناس وليعلم الله الذين آمنوا ويتخذ منكم شهداء والله لا يحب الظالمين صدق الله العظيم Most respected علماء الكرام brothers and elders Many many incidents Allah Ta'ala has narrated in the Quran Sharif Incidents of the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Salaam incidents of the nations of the past incidents that took place in the time of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there are many mentions of the battles that took place in the time of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in all these things these are not just historical points just something for the sake of the history books but لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Allah Ta'ala says that in all the incidents that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned of the Anbiya Alim Wasalaam of the nations of the past in their incidents عِبْرَةٌ is a lesson is عِبْرَةٌ but who will take the عِبْرَةٌ there are many many things which give a person عِبْرَةٌ all the time but if he is there to take the عِبْرَةٌ if he wants to take it luqman hakim alayhi salatu wasalam once somebody asked him that how did you get this wisdom there are many different incidents in this regard all these things there is no contradiction between them he would have at some occasion maybe mentioned one aspect at some occasion mentioned something else so somebody related one somebody related the other and all these things would have been perhaps the combination with which brought about Allah Ta'ala's fuzzle that brought him that wisdom which Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif so in any case somebody asked him once that how did you get this wisdom so he says I got this wisdom from those who were unwise I got this wisdom from those who were bereft and without wisdom how does this work to get something from somebody who has it you want some wealth you'll get it from a person who's got some wealth you want knowledge you go to a person of knowledge and get the knowledge so wisdom should have been acquired from a person of wisdom you think you acquired it from the person who was without wisdom so it is what actually the issue is that once i came into i was interacting with somebody and then i realized that this person has got a very as we might say in our terms a very short fuse this person has got a very wicked temper and he blows on anything so i felt very very uncomfortable about this i felt very negative about it within myself so after having felt the way i felt i then reflected deeply within myself 
when I reflected within myself, I said, I'm looking at this person and I'm saying this person is short-fused and this person has got a wicked temper. But I also have got the same problem. But until I didn't reflect within myself, I thought I was fine. And I only noticed it in him. But now that I reflected, now that I thought carefully, now that I started taking a complete analysis of my day and night, how I'm conducting myself, how am I speaking to people, how am I treating people, what am I saying, how am I saying it, I realize I've got the same problem. So you see, when I realized I've got the same problem, I then started making a very concerted effort to rectify it. And in time, Allah Ta'ala with His fuzzle and grace, with some effort as the means, but Allah Ta'ala's fuzzle and grace, the reality, in time, this one weakness after the other, as I started reflecting further, everything started now opening out, and I managed to start making an effort on all these things. So time came when, alhamdulillah, these things were cleansed out. So I made dua, ya Allah, I don't even know who this ustad of mine is. Because I met him on that one occasion and then he parted and I went my way. Allah, but what a lesson he's taught me. Whereas what lesson the person taught him? He took the lesson. And he's making dua for him, Ya Allah, what a lesson this person taught me. You shower him with the best of rewards. That person didn't teach him anything. He didn't tell him one word. But he took the lesson. Now, this is Ibrad. Now, he took the lesson from somebody who was not ready to give any lesson or who we might have turned, termed as a bad example. A person who is a poor role model. A person who is a bad example for anybody in society. That is a person he made his teacher. How? By using him to reflect upon himself. And he reflected upon himself and he said, no, I got the same problem. I need to work harder on myself. So this is the aspect that there are things, lessons in everything around us. There are lessons in the wrong that others do. In the wrongs that others do, there are lessons for us. That look, this person is doing this wrong, but look at where he's going to finish off. Or look at where that person finished off. That person was got, got caught up in that haram, that person got caught up in that affair, that person got caught up in those drugs, that person got caught up in looking at that haram, where he finished off. What destruction it brought to his life, to his deen, to his akhirat. So, I need to stay far away from all these things. Make dua for him also. But for one moment, regard ourselves as better than him. Because the end result, Allah Ta'ala knows. But take a lesson. Take a lesson that, look, this is not where I should ever go near. This person has burnt his fingers. If I want to stay safe, I need to stay far away from the fire. So the ibrat is available everywhere. Imam Ghazali says that there are four ways in which a person can rectify himself, can make Islam of himself. And the most effective way, the most, the best way, the most effective way, which is deduced from the Qur'an Sharif, from the Ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that a person finds a guide and he finds somebody to take him along. And that is how it has generally happened throughout the ages, that a person has learned from a person.
and one odd situation, one exception to the rule, somebody just got made like that. It can happen. And there have been some, some such instances. But that's the exception. A person doesn't live by the exceptions. And he doesn't dream on the basis of exceptions. That somebody just walked into a whole shop and it just was happened that, you know, as he walked in there, he did a big business. And the person just said, look, I want to sell this, I want to sell it now, I want to sell it for thousand rand cash. And he happened to have that thousand rand and he bought this whole multi-million rand business because the person was just going now overseas, just wanted to just carry on. So now because it happened for one person, one in ten million, so now he's dreaming and waiting for the day when he'll walk into one departmental store and the person will say, five hundred rand cash. So that is now foolish thinking. That is something that he will carry on dreaming, his life will get wasted. So the thing is to work by the rule. And if Allah Ta'ala wills, Allah Ta'ala will make an exception happen where He wants to make it happen. But the dunya Allah Ta'ala has made it a place where it will go according to the rule. Where fire will burn. And Allah Ta'ala wishes once in a one in ten billion, it won't burn too. So nevertheless, the rule is that a person will learn from somebody. So that is the most effective way that a person takes somebody as his guide, who he has the munasabat with, that compatibility with, he feels his heart open to. And in that way then he learns, he communicates his situations, he takes the advice, he implements the advice. Otherwise if he listens to the advice and keeps the medication on the shelf, then maybe the shelf might get better but not him. So in any case, that is the most effective way. But he says, supposing that a person is living in such a place far away from where the centers are, where there are people available to be able to guide him, he doesn't have anybody. So now how does he still make his Islam? How does he still correct and rectify himself? Because this correction and this rectification is not an optional thing. This is a compulsory thing. If a person is going to be filthy, he's going to be dirty, would he be accepted in his workplace? Will he be accepted in his business? His own business, he'll get chased out from there. His own staff will chase him out. So he will not be accepted dirty and filthy in his own workplace, in his own business, in his job and profession, he'll get kicked out. So he will therefore take every effort, make every effort and take every step to make sure he is clean and he has made himself presentable. Why? Because externally he needs to be accepted by others. So when this external dirt makes him unacceptable to others, then would the internal dirt still make him acceptable to Allah Ta'ala? The internal dirt of pride, of haram lust, of malice, of jealousy, of the ego, and all the various ailments of the heart, miserliness. Now, when the external dirt and external filth makes a person unacceptable, people don't want to be close to him, how much more detestable he becomes in the sight of Allah Ta'ala due to the internal filth. And the internal filth has a far more terrible effect on the environment and on everything.
compared to the external things. What is internal is far more severe. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that when a person lies, he spoke a lie. Now, if this was something that insan also could perceive it, then number one, there won't be any test left in dunya in terms of speaking the truth or lying. That test will be over. Because nobody will dare lie. And number two, then it will become probably, if everybody still doesn't bother, it might become difficult to live in the world. What is the effect of that lie? In the Hadith Sharif, it comes when a person lies, there is such an odor that emanates from his mouth, such a smell, that as a result of that odor, the malaika flee away, the malaika of rahmat. They flee away to the extent of one mile. They cannot bathe. The malaika of rahmat, they flee away to the extent... Now, this is an internal dirt that has been created, the filth. And this has such a stench. That stench is so strong and so obnoxious that the malaika of rahmat flee away one mile to try and protect themselves from this stench and odor. So can we imagine how detestable it makes a person's heart to Allah Ta'ala? That that heart is filled with all the dirt and filth, all the malice and all the haram things, all the illicit things and whatever else. So when we take so much of care to clean ourselves from the external self, how much more care is necessary and compulsory and how much effort is required to keep the internal self cleaned out. So this is not an optional thing, this is not something that's on a nafil basis. To cleanse oneself of pride is farz. Just as it is first to perform salah. To cleanse oneself from malice, from jealousy, is farz. To cleanse oneself from the love of the ego, this is farz. To clean out all the evil qualities and to acquire the qualities of iman, all a compulsory part, is part of the fundamental part of deen. Unfortunately, this is something that is generally regarded as an optional thing. To become bayat with somebody, to be part of some majlis, etc. This is optional. That is definitely optional. But to make Islam of oneself is for us. And if that Islam is not going to be acquired by a certain, besides going through a certain procedure, then that procedure will become necessary too. For somebody it might be something, somebody it might be something else. So in any case, the point is that Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah was saying that he said this is the first means, and the most effective means. Supposing a person doesn't have this opportunity. He is somewhere in some isolated place and he doesn't have this opportunity of being in the company of somebody. Then what? So he says then he will have some friend and he should make this kind of agreement and pact with that friend. That look, this is true friendship. That you help me to improve, I will help you to improve. Either one way too, if he is asking for his own self, and if both make that agreement with one another, very good. That look, whatever you find in me that I am doing that is wrong. Anything you realize that what I am doing, this is incorrect. Many a times, a person is oblivious to his own faults. And he just doesn't realize what he's doing wrong. He doesn't realize how he's speaking. He doesn't realize how he's reacting to things. 
what kind of spectacle he's making of himself. And because people around just will have to tolerate and carry on, so they tolerate and carry on. But how a person is conducting himself, he becomes oblivious to it because it becomes part of his system, part of his life. So now he is telling somebody, look, be my friend. And this is real friendship. A friend is who tells us our faults and praises us behind our back. And somebody who praises us to our face and talks ill behind our back, that's not our friend. So we shouldn't get flattered by people's praises. So that person is a true friend who comes to tell us Unfortunately, because we don't have the heart to take it, people won't tell us. Because we don't have the heart to digest the good that somebody might be telling us. Hazrat Umar one person came from Basra, Sayyidu Ahlil Basra, Ahnaf bin Qais, and he was a very, very great alim of his area. He was a tabi'i. And he came in the time of Umar to Madinah Munawara. And Umar observed him and this person's eloquence and his knowledge and all the qualities Allah had blessed him with. So in any case, he said to him that you stay away here for one year. He came to Madinah Munawara for some time to come and be some time in the gathering of the Sahaba and then go back. He was already in a very prominent position in Basra. He told him, no, you stay away here for one year. He stayed away. No questions asked. For one year he stayed away. He said, one year you stay here, every morning and every evening you come and you just discuss with me. Whatever I might ask, whatever you want to say, you just keep discussing with me every morning, every evening for one year. For one year this person carried on. After one year, Hazrat Umar asks him, that, do you know why I told you to stay behind? He says, no, I don't know. But that was the level of itaat. That I have been instructed to stay for one year. He came from Basra, he got his family, he got whatever else. But now the Amirul Mu'mineen has commanded me to stay for one year. Bas, khalas. So then he says to him, that I heard Rasulullah saying, that among the things I fear most for my ummad, إِنَّ أَخْوَفَ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي بَعْدِي كُلَّ مُنَافِقٍ عَلِيمِ اللِّسَانِ I fear the hypocrite who has a knowledgeable tongue. I fear the person who's got nifaq in his heart, but there's knowledge, words of knowledge flowing from his tongue. But now obviously, between all that knowledge, that nifaq is going to be wrapped inside that knowledge. The wrapping is of, going to be of very good, knowledgeable things, but inside that wrapping is going to come nifaq. And this is why Nabi Islam is saying, I fear this most for my ummah, because now they'll get attracted by the wrapping. And once they take the wrapping, they're going to open it up and they're going to eat what's inside. And what they're going to eat inside is after that, very dangerous. It will destroy iman. And then as Umar is saying to him directly, Sayyidu Ahlil Basra, he's saying to him, that I was afraid that you too were among the people of Nifaq. Can we imagine what hearts these people had? That he could digest it, that somebody is telling him, look, I feared this about you. If somebody tells us, you know, I had a doubt that maybe you're a munafiq. 
If that person still sees the next morning, it's his karamat. The thing is that this, he's telling him, I was afraid that you perhaps also were among them. So that's why I tested you out. Who's testing him out? Amir al-Mu'mineen, Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala The person whose depth and whose wisdom and whose foresight and was endorsed by none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That in the previous ummah there used to be this muhaddath. People used to be divinely inspired. If there's one in my ummah, then it is Umar. And haq, Allah ta'ala reveals the haq, or the haq speaks on the tongue of Umar. Radiallahu ta'ala an. So now he is still taking one whole year to test this person out. After one year he is now endorsing him. Okay, now I am very very satisfied that you are not among them. You may go and now continue with your work. But the lesson in this was, that this was a friendship. That he was open to it. If somebody is saying something to me, let me reflect upon it. So in any case he said this is the second way in which a person can correct himself, rectify himself that he makes this kind of bond of friendship with somebody. Whatever you see in me that I am doing wrong, please inform me. Please tell me about it. Now, generally why nobody will tell us about it? Because as soon as a person says something, then immediately there will be a defense. There will be some kind of explanation. That you see, you misunderstood it. So now fine, the person misunderstood once, and then he doesn't want to understand ever again. But that's where the chapter closes. Now where I'm going to get into this argument every time, I'm going to say something, and he's going to say to me, I misunderstood it, and then... So the correct thing is, that the person has told us, look, this is what you are doing wrong, Jazakallah, I appreciate it. Now sit down in your own time and reflect upon it. If his understanding was right, then we attend to it. If his understanding, he misunderstood it, so what? It didn't harm us in any way, but leave it at that. Now we've left the door open for him to correct us again. So if the first time he got it wrong, the second time he might correct something that was genuine. The third time might be something even more serious that was involved in our life. But now we've kept the door open for that rectification. So when a person will have that heart to take, then there might be somebody to give also. So in any case, he says this is the second way in which a person can correct himself, can rectify himself. And then the third, the third is, that if he doesn't have any friend, there's nobody he can turn to as a guide, he doesn't even have any friend, or nobody he can build that kind of bond with, nobody wants to tell him anything. He says, then he must make his islah through his enemies. Because the enemy he will say a lot of things. He will say a lot of things that are untrue also. But anything that he can find that is true to, he will say it. And of all the things that he will, negative things he will say, there will be many that will be true. There will be many untrue. And there will be many true. Some might be exaggerated, but there will be some truth in it. Now if a person who is serious about his rectification, about his Islam, about correcting himself, about cleaning that heart, about removing that stench and that odor of all the evils in that heart, of shining that heart and making it purified, 
إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ That purified heart which will be of benefit to him on the day of Qiyamah. So now he'll take the lesson from his enemies also. He'll be very eager to know, okay, what he said. Why? Not so that he can fight back. Not so that he can now retaliate and take revenge. Or that in return he can dig up that person's faults. No. Okay, what has this person said? Fine. Now this let me reflect upon it. Okay, out of this 25 things, this 20 are all discounted. But these five are genuine. These five are valid. So now I need to make an effort on this. I need to correct these five. Now he's learned from his enemy. Hazrat Ma Rashid Ahmad Gangoi There used to be people who used to write very abusive letters. One particular person used to repeatedly write some abusive things, publish something sometimes very abusive, some pamphlets and some letters he would write and whatever else. Hazrat Ma Yahya Sahib Rahmatullah the father of Sheikh Rahmatullah he was responsible for the correspondence to read out the correspondence. So sometimes these kind of things would come along, so now he would have to read it, so he might have read it once, twice, whatever. Then for some time, nothing came. So one day, Tengui Rahmatullah asked, He's referring to the person who was writing all these very abusive letters. Now, let us try and put a, it's very easy to talk about these incidents. Very easy to listen to them also. But put ourselves in that shoe. Somebody has written a terribly insulting, denigrating and degrading and humiliating all the kinds of insulting descriptions that we can put in it. That kind of letter is written to us. Addressing us in the most filthiest of ways. And that has happened once. It has happened twice. And it happened thrice, Allah knows best how many times, and then certain things are being published for public consumption. And in that same manner, in that same language. And now for some time that hasn't come. Now he's asking Our friend has forgotten us. He's referring to himself as our friend. Our friend has forgotten us, nothing coming, no correspondence, he hasn't been writing. So Mawiyahi replies and says that Hazrat, he's been writing, those things are coming. I won't be able to read this. It's my task to read out the correspondence. I can't read it. So he said, what, what do you mean you can't read it? Why can't you read it? There's only yours. Insults and Swears and whatever else, what else is there? Are dur ki galia kahi lagti hai? What are you talking about, insult? Somebody sway you from a different part of the world, does it fall on you? Somebody is sitting in another corner of the country or somewhere and he's swearing at you, what does it, does it hurt you in any way? Read it. He says, no, no, you must read it. He says, I listen to it, that in the midst of all these things that are untrue and baseless and, well, just all waste of time, I listen to this carefully that this person nevertheless in the midst of all that might say something that is valid. Because he's out to now find everything, every fault. So he doesn't find anything, he says things out of his 
just fabricates things, but there might be something he might find and he might mention. So if he does say something that's valid, I will ponder on each thing. If I find, yes, this is valid, I'll be able to make an effort to rectify that. That's the intention I listen to this with. Not for the sake of some kind of fun or some kind of entertainment, pass some time. Now this was the manner in which, despite being so accomplished, he is still waiting to find something that might be a means of benefit to him from the, in the midst of all the insults of an enemy. Imam Ghazali, he also he states that, look at the person, what he's saying. Your enemy, what is he saying? You'll get the message from around people, what he said. Don't listen to it for the sake of retaliating, for the sake of now, you fighting fire with fire, stick with stone. No, for the sake of your own Islam, for the sake of your own rectification. And they said, if this true nobody, you've got no friends, and mashallah, you've got no enemies also. He says, then the fourth thing is, that you walk around among people. Walk around among people, and many things will strike you as wrong. You'll see things around. Not that to look down upon anyone. But now some wrong action is a wrong action. Some wrong behavior is a wrong behavior. So you'll, a lot of things will strike you that this is bad, this is wrong, this is evil. But every time you see something and it strikes you as wrong, as bad, as evil, immediately now reflect upon yourself. That this struck me as wrong in that person, do I have it? This struck me as bad in that person, do I have it? Do I have that what I'm thinking about as evil in that person? If a person is serious about his Islam, serious about his rectification, then he will be able to take ibrad from people in general also. He'll be able to take ibrad from anyone and everyone. So this is that ibrad that Allah Ta'ala is speaking about in the Quran Sharif. لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ that in all the incidents that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif, in all these incidents also there's ibrat. So the topic actually was this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, that Allah Ta'ala describes the aspect of Uhud, the battle of Uhud. That, The incident of Uhud is something that we are quite familiar with, where the Sahaba Ikram with Rasulullah in a very strong number. And now this is after having won the battle of Badr with very few Sahaba, no equipment, no ill-equip, no armory, etc. And then they overcame an army that was three times their number, fully equipped. So that was one occasion. And now shortly thereafter comes Uhud. Now in Uhud, their number is very strong. They are well equipped. And then the details which we are familiar with, that one mistake that happened, Nabi Islam posted the 50 Sahaba at a certain point, don't move from here, whatever happens. Some misunderstood it, some interpreted it differently. And as a result, due to the lack of understanding correctly what the requirement of Rasulullah was or somebody having not interpreted it correctly they left that post now this became 
an action against what Nabi Islam had commanded. Though it was a mistake in a sense, but at that level, mistakes are also very sensitive. Depending on the level, accordingly the severity of the same action that might not have been so severe lower down. So that whole victory that had already been in hand suddenly turned into defeat. The details are many. The commander of the Kufar army saw this pass not guarded and suddenly came around and they pounced on the Muslims from behind. And then the army that had already been defeated and was moving away, they turned back and the Muslims got caught between the both, got sandwiched and 70 Sahaba lost their lives. This was a source of great grief, pain. So whatever happened, happened. Allah Ta'ala taught the Ummat a lesson through this. Now this is a lesson. These are not incidents for history. These are lessons. These are ibrads. That this past that was unguarded, Allah Ta'ala could have just put some angels to appear like people are there. So it wouldn't seem like unguarded. And angels descended in Badr to help the Sahaba as well. So they could have appeared Allah Ta'ala could have just blinded the kuffar from this point. They couldn't see anything. They would have gone. But Allah Ta'ala allowed the normal system to take its course. In this event, the normal system of dunya to take its course. That if something is unguarded, it will appear unguarded. Why? Because this lesson had to be learned that you left your post, you didn't fulfill the command of Nabi Islam as he wanted. So now the Ummad had to be learning a lesson. The Sahaba were nevertheless Allah Ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ Allah Ta'ala has completely forgiven. This mistake of theirs was also a means of actually, Allah Ta'ala made them a means as a, as a means of using them to teach the Ummad. It was as if they presented themselves. We are ready to be used as whatever is required. If our lives have to go to teach the Ummad a lesson, we are ready. So in any case, these 70 Sahaba lost their lives. And now this became very painful, very a source of great grief. Allah Ta'ala is saying, after all this lesson was taught, Allah Ta'ala is consoling the Sahaba also. And if you have been injured today, then they also had been injured similarly previously. Today 70 Sahaba lost their lives, then remember in Badr you killed 70 of the Kuffar as well. So, this has happened to them also. So you shouldn't feel as if the whole world has come down now upon you and it's the end of it. No, no, it's not the end of it. This is a phase now, it's past. Similar has happened there, something has happened now here. وَتِلْكَ الْأَيَّامُنُ دَاوِلُهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ These are the days and the ways that we interchange. Sometimes it's in one person's favor, sometimes in the other person's favor. But what is the principle? When it will be in whose favor? So in Badr, when everything was in the way, Allah and His Nabi Islam wanted it. When everything had happened to the extent and in the manner that Allah and His Nabi Islam wanted it, then the divine assistance came. And then despite the odds, despite the lack of equipment, despite the lack of numbers, despite the lack of everything externally, 
But the divine assistance came. Allah Ta'ala's madad came. And here there was some little deficiency. So now it was left to the, what is the normal system of things. So, وَتِلْكَ الْأَيَّامُ نُدَاوِلُهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ وَلِيَعْلَمَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And then Allah Ta'ala says, and so that Allah Ta'ala could expose. لِيَعْلَمْ Allah Ta'ala should know meaning to make it known. Make it open. Allah Ta'ala could expose who are the true believers. Because that is when, when there are certain halat, conditions, circumstances, and despite those conditions, the person doesn't waver. When everything is ideal, then a person remains ideal. He's in his home, or he's in the masjid, there's no haram that can be seen within a far distance. So now the person, mashallah, is in an ideal situation. So he's in an ideal conduct as well. He's not looking at any haram, he's not thinking anything evil, etc. But then he's not in an ideal situation. He's in the workplace now. He's gone into the bazaar to buy something out of necessity. He's wherever out of necessity, he's on the road. Now he's not in an ideal situation. But now in a non-ideal situation too, he is still carrying on in the same way. As he was in the masjid. Now Allah Ta'ala is exposing the reality to him. That khair, this person is a true mu'min. This person is not a munafiq. وَلْيَعْلَمَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَيَتَّخِذَ مِنْكُمْ شُهَدَاءُ One is Allah Ta'ala wished to make it clear and abundantly open to everybody. That look, these are my true servants. Come what may, whatever the conditions were. But their loyalty didn't waver. They remained firm, they remained loyal. No matter what, they were still true believers. And then further, life is limited. One day somebody will go today, somebody tomorrow, nobody is going to be here forever. So there are some who Allah Ta'ala wanted to make His special servants. Allah wanted to give some people that honor of shahadat. So this became a means of it. Seventy sahaba got this honor of shahadat. Then further Allah Ta'ala says, Wallahu la yuhibbu zalimeen. Remember, Allah Ta'ala does not love the oppressors. Zalimeen, the highest form of zulm is kufr and shirk. But then the lower forms, all these are very dangerous also. Any level of zulm, any level of injustice, of oppression, a zulmu zulumatun yawm al qiyamah. Zulm, this is a means of great darkness on the day of qiyamah. And in darkness a person doesn't know where he's heading. If a person on the day of Qiyamah doesn't know where he's heading, Allah forbid he might fall in Jahannam. Az-zulmu zulumat. Wallahu la yuhibbu zalimeen. Wali yumahhis Allahu alladheena amanu. Wa yamhaqal kafirin. And so that Allah Ta'ala may cleanse and purify the believers. That some little mistake, sometimes something happened. These challenging conditions sometimes come. A person makes sabr upon it, that sabr becomes a means of his cleansing. From the sins, from the whatever mistakes, whatever things that might have happened, Allah Ta'ala makes that a means of the cleansing of a person, provided he turns to Allah Ta'ala in that situation. And so that Allah Ta'ala may make this a means of uprooting the disbelievers. Now they just so to say, overcame the believers. 
they caused such losses. 70 Sahaba became Shaheed. And after all this, Allah Ta'ala says, this will become the means of uprooting the believers, uh, disbelievers, of destroying them. So the Mufassirin explained that now this will make them very bold. Now they got this so-called little temporary victory over the Muslims. Though that too, they left the battlefield half done and went away. But they went far off now, they're regretting, but we could have finished the job. Allah Ta'ala created such an awe over them that they disappeared. And they didn't have the guts to come back. Whereas if they had, they had already created such a problem, if they just continued, they now realized too late. They would have probably gone and put a flag in Madinah Munawara. It was too late. Allah Ta'ala put this ra'ab in their hearts. But the point now is that for the temporary time that they overcame the believers, they now will become bold as a result. And when they become bold, they'll now come back. When they come back, this will become the means of their downfall. The lesson in this, sometimes a person does something wrong and he seems to get away with it. He did it one time and nobody seemed to have come to know, nobody was the wiser. He did something and he says, well, I covered my tracks so well. Who knows what's going on. So what happens? Now, Shaitan uses that to make him bold. To make him more, now, he becomes even more bold and becomes more courageous, he now starts taking bigger steps. But now where is he heading to? Shaitan himself will make him feel very, very content, very secure. But Shaitan is waiting for the time when things come to such a point where he will himself throw the doors open. But he won't do it in the first day. He'll reel slowly. So now this is the way that shaitan works. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, watch, this is how this happens. So therefore, this is the ibrat that is being given to us. In this one little ayat of the Quran Sharif, little meaning this few lines, one line, two lines, but there's so much of ibrat in it. Allah Ta'ala is saying in this one incident, one part of this incident of the Sahaba Ikram, there's so much to take in our lives, so much of lessons to take for our, for our Islam, for our rectification, for our way forward. The whole Qur'an Sharif is filled with ibrad. These are lessons we should be imbibing within ourselves and making an effort to purify and rectify this heart of ours, become the true servants of Allah wa ta'ala. In this way our dunya also will become a place of good for us and the real place is the place of akhirat. Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we keep ourselves in the right environments, we keep ourselves concerned about our islah, we keep ourselves in the masjid, in the environments of ta'aleem, in the environments of the path of Allah Ta'ala. We keep ourselves in the right company of the pious. We keep conscious of what we are saying, how we are conducting ourselves, what is the way that we are behaving, and this ibrat, to take this ibrat from all the things and the four ways of which the Islam, all these four ways should be combined. All these four ways of Islam should be forever being practiced upon. In this way a person will make great progress. الله تبارك وتعالى give us the توفيق وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين